Today on the show, Vatican City 00120. Go ahead, please. A new feast for the Blessed Mother, the other side of Jesus. Our picks of the week and so much more. The Catholic Underground starts right now. Well, hello. It is time for the CU Weekly. We're making our way through Lent. We are the podcast that tries to cut through the noise of the digital continent and bring you the topics that matter. It's episode number 365. I am Father Chris Decker. Joining me this week, you know who they are, but we'll tell you anyway, Kathleen Lee. She's a religion teacher at Archbishop Chappelle High School in Metairie. She is our locally sourced and uh, preventer of tooth decay. Sorry, yeah. truth decay. Truth, truth. truth decay. Yeah. Well, maybe we'll talk about that in a second. Hey, Kathleen. Hey, how are y'all? That's right. Uh, we've also got Olivia Galino. She's the Associate Director of Youth and Young Adult Ministry for the Diocese of Baton Rouge, fresh off the Youth Board Retreat. Hey, Olivia. Yes, hello. That's why this is this is happening. That's okay. It's all right. It's okay. For our podcast listeners, she's great. That's right. Everything is situation normal. And then, of course, we're going to head up to space, shall we? Because Jeff Blackwell is up there. He's the Technical Director of the CU. He's the Commandant of the Jeff Star One Near-Earth Orbit Satellite. Hey, Jeff. Reporting for duty, Father. Yes, indeed. He's, he's he's one of our space cadets, like we all are, right? Yeah. Yeah, I, I guess the uh, the commandant also of the video is, is Ed Ball. I've never given him a rank. He's over in the uh, in the ball pit, in the video yeah. cave, in the place where Ed dwells, and he's running the video for us. And so if you're watching us in video on any of the various sources that you can do so, we welcome you. If you're listening in the podcast, hey, how are you? Because uh, you're our, you know... Let me tell you a secret. You're our prime audience. Mm. Okay. All right. Uh, now that now that we've gotten that moment of intimacy away, <laughs> yes. uh, you know, it's it's quite possible that uh, that you may want to pay attention to this because a lot of people wonder this, right? So so the Bishop of Rome, he's the univer- universal universal universal. Oh no! Oh no! <laughs> Olivia's tiredness is spreading. He's the universal pastor of the whole church. He's also traditionally called the servant of the servants of God, which means, because he's the universal pastor, that you should feel free to contact him. Hmm. Ring, 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 ring. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. So uh, combined with the fact that he's known to respond to people personally, Kathleen and I were talking at the top of the show about the um, the the Zichetto exchange, Mm -hmm. you know? So if you go to the papal audience and he happens by on the the Pope Mobile and you hand your Zichetto to his assistant— the assistant will take the Zacchetto, place it on the Pope's head, and the Pope will hand his to his assistant and give it to you. This like literally makes me tear up. It's like yeah. it's it like, is. That's one of Kathleen's. It is my bucket list number one item. I I think I I could die once I do that. Like I just be like, okay, yeah. I'm done. I'm gonna Actually, lay down right here. I got to tell the uh, some of the girls on our retreat about that. I don't know why it came up, yeah. but I was like, oh yeah, you know that if you if you buy him another one mm-hmm. and you, you can swap it out with him, and they were like, no. Yep. Where do you buy those? And I was like, anywhere. Yeah, anywhere, really. <laughs> Every Zacchetto manufacturer in Rome knows the Pope's size. Yeah. And so they're, they're ready. Happen, Catherine. Yeah. And I would think like with my mad Mardi Gras skills, yeah. I could totally oh, yeah. do it. Oh, I mean, you totally could. You push your way to the front. Excuse me, sister. Excuse me. Yeah, oh, you don't really, even say yeah. school is a school. wave it. No, no. Wave it. Oh, no. In fact, if, if you can get past the nun wall, uh-huh. then you're, you're, doing, you're doing, yeah. 
And you're already taller than about 87% yes. of them. It's going to happen. It's, it's going to happen, right. people. So, so he, he responds personally. He even calls people on the phone. So you might be wondering how to contact him. Um, so how does one go about doing this, right? I mean, he is the vicar of Christ. That seems very unapproachable, but because uh, he doesn't have an email address, mm. um, he's probably not reading your replies to his tweets on Twitter. He's got oh, people. Man. Now, now you could do one thing where, so uh, Jeff, I don't know if you remember this, but in, in the days uh, where Steve Wozniak and Steve Jobs were, were young men mm-hmm. putting together what would become Apple Computer, one of their first cash cows is, is they were selling um, uh, under, under the tables, they were selling uh, these, these freak boxes, these phone freak boxes, little blue boxes. Yes. And uh, you would use them to, to, um, to play a tone that would allow you to get free long distance calls. Oh yeah! Originally, that was done with okay. the Captain Crunch whistle, um, you know, and yeah, <laughs> I did it, not it was know a, that. I think it was a twenty six hundred um, uh, hertz tone, and if you played it into a payphone or the or your phone, it would yeah. it would uh, signal the the long distance, the free long distance thing. Wow! Yeah, really? so Is so actually, real? yeah, that's real. You could be yeah. completely making this up. No, like, I'm not. No, no, no. no. <laughs> strange but true. Yeah. Uh, not anymore, of course, because right. The, right. the digital exchange is you different. Just whistle so, at an operator. So, so Steve Wozniak actually used his his freak box to call the uh, the Vatican switchboard, and he pretended to be Doctor Henry Kissinger. Oh, really? Yeah, and and uh, and he says, you know, I'd like to talk to the Pope. And they said, "Well, the Pope is sleeping, uh, Doctor Kissinger, but we'll tell him. We'll tell him to get up right away." And so, in the meantime, and so then he called back. Steve Wozniak called back. You know, he says, uh, "We're we're here meeting with the Premier, and we need to hear the Pope. You know, on certain issue." And so they played it real cool. They were like, "Okay, well, who's going to be the translator? You know, um, we're going to put the Pope uh, on the phone, but who's going to be the translator?" Turns out they had called Doctor Kissinger already. Mm. And so they knew something was up, but yeah. but uh, Mr. Wozniak Woz got through to the mm. Vatican switchboard. So you could try wow. that, but perhaps the easiest way, right, <laughs> is is the mailing address. So the the website for the U.S. Embassy to the Holy See recommends that mail for Pope Francis be sent to the following address. In fact, we'll put it on the screen for you if you're uh, oh, if you're Chris watching stamp. us. So so uh, make sure you use correct postage. Um, so His Holiness Pope Francis, so His Holiness, comma, Pope Francis, the Apostolic Palace, 00120, Vatican City. Right? I'll say that again for those of you listening to us. Huh? Uh, that's uh, His Holiness Pope Francis, Apostolic Palace, 00120, Vatican City. Uh, notice that neither Italy nor Rome are part of the address yeah. because Vatican City is its own country. That's true. Yeah. yeah. Um, Excellent. Yeah. <laughs> Kathleen's like, I'm going to use this right now. Putting this on my phone. I, I love that, uh, that Decker Forever postage thing. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Actually, <laughs> hold on. For those of us on our video, let's see. I, I might be able to um, to to do an actual, like a Queen Victoria postage stamp. I could just be in okay. the profile. <laughs> you know? Can, yeah. can you that's make that happen, Ed? <laughs> no. Okay. That's well. okay. That's it all right. It would have to include okay. the Lenten beard. It would have yeah. to include the Lenten yeah. beard. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's exactly right. I'd buy right. several yeah. sheets of that. You would? Oh, no. Done. So unlike previous popes, Pope Francis is living at Casa Santa Marta uh, instead of the papal apartment. Mm-hmm. So you could also try um, His Holiness Pope Francis Santa Marta House 00120, uh, Città del Vaticano, Vatican City. So that's actually inside the Vatican City walls. The, the Apostolic Palace is kind of its own 
place. And so, yeah, in fact, uh, if you've ever been, uh, Kathleen, you haven't yet. Not yet. But if you've ever been to the entrance, the big bronze doors, that's the opening to the Apostolic Palace. Mm -hmm. So that's where all the mail comes. So very cool. So it's important to also uh, know how to write a letter, right? Right. Um, The two key principles for the Pope perhaps responding to your letter are brevity and respect. Mm-hmm. You know, that's, a, that's hopefully, I mean, Olivia, you're a professional letter writer. You you actually write letters. And, and Kathleen, you I as well. I love yeah. a yeah. good letter. Yeah. And so you know how important brevity is. Yeah. Right. You got to get to the point. Yeah. Yeah. You I do. used to think that the more you wrote, the more like sentimental it was. And mm-hmm. now I'm just like, look, just use the words mm-hmm. that you want to use. <laughs> use the words. Put them on there. Mm-hmm. And then that like brief is better yep. yeah yeah i used to think length corresponded to how much i cared about yeah. the person yeah. i was writing yeah. to oh, yeah especially when writing like a thank you note yes. yeah i felt oh, like yeah. it for people yeah. that were i was related to or people that were like extreme exceedingly generous i should write more uh-huh. and then i realized it's all fluff and i'm just trying to fill up the card yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. so just get to the point be sincere right but get to the point yeah. and it's just as effective and thank sen- you love you yeah yep. thank let's you. do love it again you. you're great <laughs> i love you you're yeah. generally Okay. Yeah. Uh, so you need to show respect for both Pope Francis and the office of the papacy, which, of course, was established by Christ himself. Remember that from Matthew's gospel. Behold, you are Peter, and upon this church I will build my, uh, upon this rock I will build my church. Sorry. Strike that. Reverse it. Uh, and uh, and so uh, this means using his official address of, of his holiness. So that's how you would put it on the envelope, his holiness, Pope Francis, right? And then in the letter, um, you would say, your holiness. Right. That's your salutation mm-hmm. there. You remember that from school, right? You have a salutation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and uh, brevity is important simply because he gets a lot of mail. Um, now, he probably gets like the publisher's clearinghouse stuff that they just throw out, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. but he gets a lot of mail, a lot of official things. So so it's really interesting to think that your letter could very well be in the same, uh, you know, same bin that uh, that the apostolic nuncio to Bangladesh might be writing in. Or, or that uh, a retiring bishop might be writing it, you know? Mm-hmm. My brain is like, I'm going a Or the president of Zimbabwe, you know, you just never know. I've got two things I'm going to write him about. <clears throat> he probably won't carry your dental and, you know. That's okay. Yeah, okay so. I'm going to say, number one, I'm coming your way. I'm going to get you a zucchetta. Look for me in the crowd. I'll be the one flailing my arms. I'll, I'll be the one <laughs> knocking out nuns. Secondly, I know you've got an inside track. To the Swiss Guard. So we're, <laughs> we're going to have to talk about that. Just letting you know. I'll so be there in November. I'll let you dating service. Well, hey, thanks well, actually, so much. Actually, you know, Kathleen, that's the easiest way to, to see uh, and actually have an interaction with one of the Swiss Guards is to yeah. go to the Apostolic Palace. Mm-hmm. And try to break in so they like No, no, you no, can, no. If you go and you're like, um, or you just go to the entrance and you're yeah. saying like, oh, I want to go buy a papal blessing. Yep. You have to get their permission and then you have to get directions from them. And mm-hmm. sometimes if you act a little American, they'll walk you to the corner and point in your direction. <laughs> maybe I'll bring a scarf. I'm sc- just saying. Maybe oh. I'll bring a scarf so I could drop it back. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> what, what, or, or I'm telling you, Kathleen, the cobblestones, they, they're pokey, you know, mm-hmm. and so you could easily trip. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we don't have to plan that. that just and saying. it would not be one of these like gentle things. It'd just be flat face on the ground. Oh, yeah. I'd be like, just sure. leave me here. Just keep going. Just make sure you don't fall in the halibut. You know, the, the big long uh, oh, yeah, no, knife no. on a stick. No, I don't do that. Care. No, yeah. thank you. Yeah. Knife stick. All right, right, Pope Francis, get right. ready. So, the, mm. so, so, Kathleen, you could write your letter. That's right. I am. I think I'm going to do that and see what happens. Yeah. Yeah. I'll be like, and you. so the reason also for brevity is because you want uh, him or his workers to actually read what you have to say. Mm-hmm. Yeah. because they do they have to sort through the mail 
you know. Um, and if you want a response, make sure you include your return address as well as your phone number because you just never know, Kathleen. <gasps> Um, this never... is this is the best day of my life right now. <laughs> oh well. Right. Second to when I found out about the Zucchetta exchange, this is happening. I'm like, mm -hmm. this will be a special report. Yeah. yeah. I, I think that would be cool. Oh you should gosh. do it. That would be amazing yeah. if you got mm -hmm. a letter back. Mm -hmm. Yes. I what you know, and I've written people before that you know I I get letter, like I wrote um, of some import. You mean? Yeah. I I wrote uh, Bishop Robert Reed of oh, sure. Boston, mm -hmm. and he wrote me back, and I carried around in my purse. Oh yes. Oh, <laughs> Do you hear that, Bishop Reed? She That's carries awesome. your letter around in her purse. It was awesome. It was such a cool like I love that. I love writing letters, and it, it's such a. a um, a more intimate thing than just the email mm -hmm. or and you know and I, I a couple weeks ago I taught my students how to write a proper email thank you um, because even our email etiquette yeah, everything's is, becoming text messageified it's lost and mm -hmm. so like the idea of writing a thank you note or you know I'm talking to the girls about when you go on a um, on an interview or you or anything like that write a, a a mm -hmm. quick thank you note it sets you apart nobody else is writing thank you notes that's mm -hmm. true it sets you apart and it's, it's such a lost art but it's mm -hmm. something that for me at least is so awesome like when i get a good letter or a good note or you know yeah. anything yeah. in the mail you know that's not and the thing about yeah. the mail you know that we we don't think about in in our digital culture but the mail as as an analog <laughs> way to communicate with people almost means more now mm -hmm. than it used to and with the mail, you have a, a very significant chance that somebody's going to respond to you too. Right. Yeah. You know, uh, I never think about that about actually using the mail to to write letters to people of import just to say hello. Mm -hmm. You know, um, I remember in school we were very much encouraged to do that. Jeff, did you have a pen pal or anything like that? No. Oh, well. I did at one time. Yeah. Yeah. Sure did. And that was that was a thing, right? It really was, you know, and it was kind of cool. And then to, to get a response, even though, you know, it, was, it took a couple of weeks, but uh, mm -hmm. to get a response, that, yeah, it made you feel pretty special. Absolutely. That's yeah. right. That somebody was waiting for your letter and that you were <laughs> waiting for theirs. So it's very possible, nay, quite probable, that the Pope is waiting for your letter. Kathleen? Yeah. And Kathleen is nothing if not a committed fangirl. So. I, yes, I am a fangirl. And fan honestly, girl. Kathleen, let's just be honest. You can write to the Swiss Guard barracks. <laughs> you could. <laughs> you could. I mean, they've got an address. Google that. She's getting. She's catching the vapor. She's going to have to take November, to the fainting I'll couch. I'll be coming your way. <laughs> Send a picture. Just like, yeah. I don't know how that got in there. Spritz of perfume. Right. And that picture may very well be on the Vatican post office wall. <laughs> That's right. So you see, it, the whole connection's made there. So yeah. So yeah, Vatican City. Zero zero one two zero. That's the uh, that's the way to, to get to the Holy Father, and uh, I guess we should let you know a little bit about us. Backchat at catholicunderground.com is the way to get in touch with us because we are the Catholic Underground. Oh hi, hi yes. Uh, welcome back to the Catholic Underground. We're online at catholicunderground.tv. You can uh, get our show notes there. You know, we did have a question about that, uh, of where are the show notes? Where are the show notes? So if you go to our website and you click on the most recent episode, or you can actually enter some search characteristics into the search bar, um, you can get the show notes for the episodes. All the things that we talk about, like this one uh, about the, the, Pope's, um, the Pope's address, that's going to go into the show notes on our episode. And so this is episode 365, so when you go to catholicunderground.com, you can click the, uh, the most recent episode there on our website, and it will take you not only to the video and the audio, but it will also give you the show notes. So that's uh, a little 
little audio um, reminder of how mm-hmm. we do things. And so uh, you can um, get the stuff that way. Yeah. Oh, goodness, my brain is beginning to blank. I'm, I'm, anyway, I'm Father Chris. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we know that. Yes, we have a Me, sense. Father Chris. <laughs> Start Thank with goodness. That's right. <laughs> yeah, let's go back to what we know. That's right. That's, right. that's what you do, right? You, you always start with, I'm Father Chris. I'm a priest of Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. I live in, yeah. And so uh, uh, up in space, we have Jeff Blackwell. He's up there. Yep, yep. Uh, Olivia Galino to my left, your right, and then uh, Kathleen is in the middle here. Ah, and she's even, for those of you who are watching us on the video feed, she's got a new uh, a new video shot there um, to this. make her even, yeah, it's, it's a, for those of you listening, it's a rotating uh, Stanley the fish. It's kind of something new that we're yeah. trying. It's, it's, well, it's, I like, I've got, a lot, Stanley. I've got yeah. a lot going on in my, in my you do, Mary. Kathleen yeah. has the best shot. If you haven't ever watched fish. us in the video feed, yeah. this is an opportunity to do it. I mean, so, mm-hmm. Swiss Guards. I mean, she's just waiting. Look at that. She's a TV yeah. personality. Welcome Look to my that. life. It's chaos. She's on podcasts. <laughs> my Mother Mary over your shoulder. That's it. Mm-hmm. Mother Mary over your shoulder. Yeah, which sure. you know, Mother- it's interesting. It is interesting that we uh, that we have Our Lady looking over mm-hmm. your shoulder because the Holy Father just this week has instituted a new celebration of Mary as Mother of the Church. Yes, Pope Francis oh. has inserted the memorial of the Blessed Virgin Mary, Mother of the Church into the Roman calendar on the Monday following Pentecost Sunday. Which so, like, is, this is an official insertion. Yes. Of, yeah. yeah. Um, Pope Francis has decreed that the uh, ancient devotion to the Blessed Virgin Mary under the title of Mother of the Church uh, be inserted to the Roman calendar, and he issued this decree on the 160th anniversary mm. of the first apparition of the Virgin at Lourdes. And that's no coincidence right there. Um, having having been to Lords, you haven't been to Lords yet, Kathleen. Oh, it's on my but, list. And right. but like Lords is Saint Bernadette is my um, my confirmation. Is thing. she really? Oh. I did not know Our that. Our Lady of Lords is my. In fact, um, it comes from my grandmother went to Lords, wow. and she came back and uh, you know, used to go spend the night at her house all the time. And then we'd have like girly nights, and uh, oh. she said we're gonna watch a movie. She set me up, <laughs> and she was like we're gonna watch this movie. It's gonna be awesome. And it was. Song of, the Song of Bernadette. So it's like this old black and white movie, and I remember going, "Oh my gosh, this is gonna be the lamest thing ever." But I was very polite because this is my grandmother, and I was like, "Oh." <laughs> and then by the end of it, I was just like enthralled mm-hmm. and just. Oh. It's a great movie. Yeah, just the idea. You know, I never really heard of of apparitions of Mary before, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. you know, I was very very young. Um, and she had brought back holy water, yeah. and I, you know, it was old school catechesis. Right yeah, there. exactly, mm-hmm. catechesis by osmosis, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Uh, and, and let me tell you, Lords is one of my favorite places on earth. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Assisi is up there. Mm-hmm. Lords is probably, gosh, I don't know which would be a first or second, honestly. Mm. I'd probably have mm-hmm. to say Lords because the Virgin Mary did appear there. Yeah. You know, one of my another one of my bucket list items is uh, to go and be one of the people who brings people to the baths mm-hmm. oh sure yeah you can to bring people mm-hmm. to the baths and i'm like oh that's on my list man gosh <laughs> kathleen it sounds to me like your first teacher sabbatical is already being planned yeah but teachers can't have sabbaticals <laughs> because we're, our sabbatical consists of us staying in our house because there's <laughs> that's right we're sabbatical. we are too poor to travel that's right. <laughs> so, so this is a this actually is an ancient title of our lady sure, it's been yeah. used in modernity uh, but uh, but here on on this 160th anniversary, the Holy Father says, you know, this should be a, a feast of the universal church. Right. And so this decree reflects on the history of Marian theology and the church's liturgical tradition mm-hmm. and the writings of the church fathers. Right, so St. Uh, Augustine and Pope St. Leo the Great yep. both reflected on uh, the Virgin Mary's importance in the mystery of Christ. Right, uh, St. Augustine says that Mary is the mother of the members of Christ 
because with charity she cooperated in the rebirth of the faithful into the church. That's right, and mm-hmm. this is a, this is a very old sentiment of the church because Saint Augustine wrote in what uh, the first three hundred years mm-hmm. is that right of the church three hundred um, like the in he was in the fourth century so between three hundred and four hundred three hundred four hundred yeah mm-hmm. yeah. And St. Leo the Great says that the birth of the head is also the birth of the body. Mm. I thought this was really interesting. It says, thus indicating that Mary is at once mother of Christ, the son of God, and mother of the members of his mystical body, which is, as we know, Mm -hmm. the church. And the decree says uh, that these reflections are a result of the divine motherhood of Mary and from her intimate union in the work of the Redeemer. Mm -hmm. And it goes on to talk about scripture, um, how it depicts Mary at the foot of the cross, and there she became the mother of the church when she accepted her son's testament of love and welcomed all people in the person of the beloved disciple as sons and daughters to be reborn unto life eternal. This is one of my favorite reflections, especially during Lent, is uh, to be able to sit with Mary at the foot of the cross. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, that This idea that um, Christ, when we, when we walk the way of the cross with him, oftentimes we're often like, you know, on the outskirts Mm -hmm. and we're watching and it's Mm -hmm. like, Oh, good for you, Jesus. Thanks so much. Um, but, but Christ draws us. That's right. He draws us into the scene. I've seen a couple of frescoes, um, which of course are paintings, you know, in churches usually. And I really, I like it whenever I've only seen it a few times. So our Lord is on the cross and the blessed mother and St. John are are standing there at the foot of the cross, but they're looking at you. Mm -hmm. And, and because this, you're right, exactly. This is the moment, uh, more than any, where, where as Jesus gives uh, John to Mary and Mary to John, where we're incorporated in, yeah. into, that, into that family that is the church, um, not just sacramentally through baptism and through what will be the Eucharist, but in a very real way. That's, he's telling us, this is, this is all these things are happening here. Yeah. And, and so whenever we have uh, something like a, 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 a mass, being said specifically for Mary, for Mary in honor of Mary as mother of the church. It's another way that that mother church is inviting us into the mystery of how Mary is at work in, uh, in, in redemption mm-hmm. because she is, mm-hmm. it's, it's, we sometimes get, get so, uh, we, we tiptoe around that issue, but while Mary is not the redeemer, she is the mother of the redeemer. Mm-hmm. And so she has an intimate part to play. And that comes across in the, in the liturgy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and it's, it's actually interesting uh, that this is, this is not a, a new mass setting. Uh, this is actually, there, there is a, a, a memorial mass or a votive mass for, uh, for Mary as mother of the church, and that's already in the Missal right now. So it's all the way in the back of the Missal. Yeah. And so, um, and so you, you have uh, uh, the Mass that already exists, and so now this is being lifted to, to the, the, main, um, the main celebration of the church. Yes. Yeah. Okay, so um, help me with this. His, okay. I see Sarah. It's Sarah. Yeah. I know. Mm-hmm. I knew it. Mm-hmm. See, it's okay. my You're American brain says... So I can say it, Sarah. Sarah. Yeah. Sarah. So Cardinal okay, Robert Sarah, Prefect of the Congregation of Divine Worship and the Discipline of the Sacraments, which is a guy that you should watch yeah. mm-hmm. because this guy is a baller, mm-hmm. right? He said <laughs> yeah. this about the new memorial. He said, it's a result of the maturation of liturgical veneration given to Mary mm-hmm. following a better understanding of her presence in the mystery of Christ and of the church, as explained in Chapter 7 of Vatican II's Lumen Gentium. Which is a very good document. Yes. yes. Cardinal Seurat says this, the feeling of Christian people through two millennia of history has cultivated the filial bond, which inseparably binds the disciples of Christ to his blessed mother in various ways. That's right. And this, the, the date on which this feast is going to be celebrated is also um, not coincidental. Yeah. 
it's actually it's it's right on the tail of of one of the very important feasts of the church. Yes, it will be celebrated annually on the Monday following Pentecost. Now, Cardinal Seurat said that the connection between Pentecost and Mary's maternal care is evident. Mm-hmm. Right? He said um, he he said Acts one twelve through fourteen and Genesis three nine through fifteen and twenty. If read in the light of the typology of the new Eve, which is what I wrote my thesis on, Look boom, at you. shows that Mary became the mother of all the living at the foot of the cross of Jesus, her son. He said Pope Francis's decision takes into account the importance of the mystery of Mary's spiritual motherhood, which from the awaiting of the Spirit uh, at Pentecost has never ceased to take motherly care of the pilgrim church on earth. Man, so we move from mm-hmm. from um, the kind of the fulfillment of the Mater Dolorosa, our, our sorrowful mother at the foot of the cross, to her role in the early church. Mm-hmm. And of course, the, the Acts of the Apostles make it really clear. And the mother of Jesus was with them, yeah. mm-hmm. you know, and so she had that motherly role yeah. and still does. And that's what, that again is another one of my favorite, uh, favorite moments to sit with Mary is, you know, in the upper room, they're all freaking out. Jesus <laughs> has died, you know, and they're, yeah, they're right, afraid. Jesus yeah. Is gone. And, you know, and they're they're What do we do with our lives? And I just imagine Mary sitting there going, guys, mm-hmm. guys, mm-hmm. let's go back to what we know. Mm-hmm. Yep. Let's go back to what we've been told. Yeah. It's going to be okay. Yeah. Right? And he said, the hope, uh, Cardinal Seurat concluded, is that the celebration of Mary as mother of the church will remind all Christ's disciples that if we want to grow and to be filled with the love of God, it is necessary to plant our life firmly on three great realities. Because we love a list. Mm-hmm. One, the cross. Mm-hmm. Two, the Eucharist. Three, the mother of God. Wow. That's very beautiful. And if you think about how many of the documents of the church are written, this is kind of the, the, the mode that they follow, right? Um, the cross, the Eucharist, and the Mother of God. There isn't a papal document that, um, that is written mm-hmm. these days that doesn't conclude with right. a meditation upon how Mary fits into the picture. Yeah, mm-hmm. And even the Second Vatican Council documents do that. I believe the First Vatican Council documents did the same thing. Mm-hmm. I, I'm not up on Trent. I don't know what Trent's documents did, but, oh, but, yeah, uh, but there is there's almost a... always a meditation on Mary. It's definitely a recent um, tradition. Mm-hmm. You can definitely say that. And it's interesting to see like the the development of that over the years. You know, yeah. So like in the, the 1950s, you have the Declaration of the Dogma of the Immaculate Conception, mm-hmm. which has been believed since the beginning. Right. But now, and so it's like, it's not like the idea of Mary as the mother of the church is new, but we're, we're bringing it into relief in a new way. That's right. And, and really understanding that motherhood. And, and I think it's so important because like, what do we need right now? We need good parents. We need yeah. good motherhood. Mm-hmm. And we were actually talking to our girls about this on our retreat. Like, um, about, I was telling them about Edith Stein, um, mm-hmm. St. Teresa Benedict of the cross said that a uh, woman is fashioned as a shelter in which other souls may unfold. Yes. And, um, and obviously we talked about Mary because she is that shelter yeah. par excellence. Um, so I love that we're really bringing this out and we're going to be able to talk about this more and more as it comes up. And so the opening collect for, for that mass of Mary and mother of the church is as follows. O God, Father of mercies, whose only begotten Son as he hung upon the cross chose the Blessed Virgin Mary as his mother to be our mother also, grant we pray that with her loving help your church may be more fruitful day by day, and exulting in the holiness of her children may draw her to embrace all the families of the peoples. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God forever and ever. It's a beautiful opening collect. There's more. The Catholic Underground rolls on right after this.
A prayer for vocations. O God, who wills not the death of a sinner, but rather that he be converted and live, grant we beseech you through the intercession of the Blessed Mary, ever-Virgin, Saint Joseph her spouse, and all the saints, an increase of laborers for your church, fellow laborers with Christ, to spend and consume themselves for souls. Through the same Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, God forever and ever. Amen. Welcome back. You found the Catholic Underground with me, <laughs> Father Chris Decker, joined by Olivia Galino and Kathleen Lee. Hello. And Jeff Blackwell in space. Yes, at Ball on the Bongos, by the way. That's right, at Ball on the Bongos. That's right. Uh, yeah, for those of you who watch our video, it's so pretty because uh, Ed knows what he's doing there in the ball pit, right? Mm-hmm. Our picks of the week are coming up, but first, we want to talk a little bit about the other side of Jesus. Wonder what we're talking about? Like to hear it, hear it go. Right. Yeah. Because oftentimes we think about Jesus, we just think about, um, shall I say, the, 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 the friendly side. Yep. Like fluffy Jesus. The fluffy Jesus, yeah. the warm, fuzzy Jesus. Which is not... But he's actually a whole person. Yeah, so it's like looking at someone just in profile, and then mm-hmm. you see them full-faced for the first time, you're like, oh. Oh, I didn't realize all these different facets. Yeah, Yeah. like, oh, there's that mole there. I didn't notice that before. That's an ancient ancient devotion of the church is to the holy face of Jesus. Mm -hmm. Mm. And so taking in the whole face, uh, in a sense, is also wanting to take in the whole of the person of the Lord. And one of the the problems that we have with with modernity is that we tend to only kind of see what we want to see, and we shave off all of the things that we we don't think uh, matter. Right. But coming to know our Lord, whenever, if you have seen me, you have seen the Father, Jesus says. Mm -hmm. And so it's important to know that whenever we see all the facets of Jesus' personality, we see God, the Father. Right, exactly. And I think that what I love about the devotion of the Holy Face is because if you have like a really good depiction of the Mm -hmm. Holy Face, um, there's a a local artist who did a a full life-size rendering of the Divine Mercy Jesus Mm -hmm. um, that was revealed to St. Faustina, Um, but she rendered it um, Mm -hmm. like almost lifelike um, in, in, I guess in pencil and then in painting anyway, but the, the face part of it is so realistic. It's like looking at the face of Christ himself and what I love about that and what I love to, to like do with our youth um, is to have them stare at just that face, like mm-hmm. cut out just the face and like, all right, just look at it. Mm-hmm. And I think the reason that it's uncomfortable is because number one, eye contact is uncomfortable. Yeah. That's right. And number two, because it's challenging. Uh, it's challenging mm-hmm. to look someone in the face. Mm-hmm. Um, because like Father Chris said, like you see everything. You can't just like shave the bits off that, that you don't want to see or the things that, that inspire you, the things that make you better or the things that um, are going to be difficult. Mm-hmm. Um, you have to confront the entire reality. Um, so when we're talking about Christ, we have to, there's there's no way around it. We have to encounter the full Christ. Right. And I think that Lent is a great time to do that, especially because, you know, today's the third Sunday of Lent and we're, we get this gospel um, and it's one of the things that yeah, John uses to open his gospel. And mm-hmm. <laughs> it's Jesus flipping tables. Yeah, <laughs> like, that's right. That's that's how we get introduced to Jesus. We get introduced to him as the Lamb of God. We go to the wedding at Cana, and then he's flipping tables. Like that's, right. yeah. that's with the, the love of a jealous kind. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, yeah. 
Um, mm-hmm. And I think it's it's good that we that we encounter that reality before we go deeper with him in John's gospel because like this is real. Mm-hmm. He this is not like some manufactured Jesus who's only like sunshine and rainbows. Like the his, his the sense of his justice is very real. Mm-hmm. Um, so as we we prepare for the passion and the resurrection, it's really good for us to kind of do a pulse check and think of what's my my conception of Jesus. What's my understanding of him as a as a person? Because that's what faith is. Faith is a, a lived encounter with a, a living person. Yes. Um, and so Lent is the perfect time to reevaluate. Like, okay, what are the things that I have in my mind about Jesus that are kind of more like. Mm, like hallmarky, yeah. you know what uh-huh. I mean? Like, yeah. like, yeah, therapeutic is the great word. Like the things that make me feel nice, mm-hmm. but maybe which aren't. is important. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. but there's, 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 like we we're, we're going to talk more. about. There's more. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. So he is this this prince of peace. You right. know, he does come to bring peace, but he also demonstrated maybe a less gentle side. Um. And and that that challenges us because it's not very comfortable right. to con- to confront that person. Um, but it's important that we see all of that together. So mm-hmm. despite this turning over of the table, the money changers, uh, and his harsh talk with the hypocritical religious leaders um, that we see again and again, mm-hmm. the dominant script uh, has in it that all, in all other instances, he was kind of super chill. Like, right. I mean, yeah. he was like, he was napping in the middle of a storm. Mm-hmm. He, I mean, even after the resurrection, he's trying to calm them down. He's like, all right, let's have some fish. You know, like come and have breakfast. Yeah. Like he's, he's just a chill guy. I mean, remember like what we see in the gospel is a very short, uh, picture of, of the ministry of Jesus. And and that's just short little picture of his life. Yeah. He lived 30 years in a cave just doing his thing, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know, like he lived in simplicity. So Jesus is nothing if not simple and humble, um, and just kind of, at peace. That's right. But I, I think that we have to pay attention to these moments when he's not. Yeah. Because it it shocks the system. It's That's like right. it's like getting a shock to the heart. Yeah. And he doesn't do it to be cruel. You mm. know, even in like John right. six, whenever he's it, it it seems kind of cruel that he's just letting people walk away. Or when he says things like, um, Let's see. Uh, when he did, he's talking to a, just a group of ordinary people, and he says that they were not the children of Abraham, but of your father, the devil. Mm. Like, that's, that's super harsh. Yeah. You know, <laughs> can is. you imagine hearing that? And not only from just anyone, but like from someone that you, that other people at least believe to be the son of God. Right. Like, can yeah. you can you imagine what that must have felt like? Yeah. But he doesn't do it to be cruel. He no. doesn't do it to like put them in their place and then leave. Mm-hmm. He does it to say like, okay, this is where you are right now right. and you need to confront that. Yeah. yeah. But come with me. So yeah. that's accompaniment. It's like when we think about Jesus and we think about these harder um it's harder to wrestle with parts of him. I think we always have to put it in the context of accompaniment. Right. Um, the fact that he's not willing to leave us there. He he wants to shock us a little bit yeah. so that he can take us forward. That's right. And if you think about, uh, like, if you if you heard the, the cycle A readings, because the first scrutiny happened in your parish for those going through the rite of Christian initiation of adults, that's another one of those moments where, where Jesus, in a sense, kind of shocks the system. He speaks to the woman at the well mm-hmm. uh, at Samaria. And, and in order to, to help her uh, enter into to the wellspring that he wants to give, the, the water that wells up, essentially the waters of baptism that he wants to offer to her, he first makes it very, very clear that she can't come to that point until she confronts 
her past until she confronts the situation going on in her life. Mm -hmm. uh, that's right. You, you don't have a husband. You've had five men, and the one you're with is not your husband, you mm -hmm. know? That right there is, is a shock to the system, but it's not, okay, Audi 5000. <laughs> yeah. It's no. Um, let, let's continue this process. And if you think about it, what, what causes the woman to become an evangelist she goes to the town and she says, come and listen to a man who has told me everything I've ever done. Mm -hmm. yeah. It's not come and listen to this man who told me all sorts of nice things, but this man spoke to my heart. He, he wrenched open yeah. the wound that I refuse to look at. Mm -hmm. And he's also going to find the, or, or provide the way to heal it. He's going to mm -hmm. give me welling up to eternal life. Yeah. You know, that's, that's the both and side of Jesus. Right, right exactly. And we have to, to grasp the both and in mm -hmm. order to, to understand what is at the center, who is at the center of our faith. Yeah. Um, and so um, Glenn Stanton at first things, he's, he's wrestling with these things, um, mm -hmm. uh, these harder bits of Jesus. And what he comes to two kind of truths that seem to be at odds within the person of Jesus. And so we just wanted to flesh these out a little bit and keep this conversation going. Um, so the first, he says that the God man unbound by time held a decidedly ancient and quote, unenlightened view of the world. Hmm. Second, he regularly hurt folks feelings and didn't apologize for it. So the tender lamb of God is also kind of a fierce lion. That's right. And, and it's important to note that that's a, that's a both and. Yes. Yeah. That, that shows it actually even, you probably hear it all the time, Kathleen, when they say, well, you know, the God of the Old Testament was mean. Yeah. The God of the New Testament isn't. Mm -hmm. Well, uh, the God of the Old Testament, if you read Isaiah, if you read some of the Psalms, if you read the Song of Songs, you get the sense that our Lord is, is, is harsh at times, mm -hmm. not just because of his justice, but because he wants us to get to the point where we can receive his tenderness, mm -hmm. yeah. mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. Oh, my, my students are always saying, yeah, but doesn't God love us? <laughs> and I had to be like, yes, he loves you so much. Like a parent who, who loves you, who's going to like hit your hand if you're, if you're reaching for the stove, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. like that may burn a little bit. It may sting a little bit, but it could mutilate your hand if they right. let you do yeah, that. Right? That's right. And so the Lord loves us. Yes. Right. But, but like a parent, he's, he's got to be, you know, firm and, mm -hmm. and he loves you too much to allow you to do whatever it is that's going to, you know, that's be right. it's going to harm you and others yeah. and your, your eternity with right. him. Yeah. So, so we have the, these two things that, uh, that, that Glenn Stanton is, is wrestling yeah. with, huh? Um, he's the God man unbound by time, mm -hmm. but he holds this ancient view of the world. Yeah. And I think that this is an important corollary to what we've been talking about, like this more harsh side of Jesus, because this is also something that's unpopular today. Um, because our scientific age, we kind of think it's silly, even if it's if it's a subconscious thought, that we think it's silly to believe that an actual devil, demons, hell exists. But Jesus is pretty old school. Um, he spoke of literal Adam and Eve, yep. Noah's Ark, Jonah in the belly of the great whale, the destruction of Sodom, all is actual fact. Right. These are historical things that happened. Mm -hmm. And he talks quite often in the Gospels about Satan and demonic possession, doing exorcisms was all in his day's work. You know, yeah. in fact, we see him doing that a lot. Um, and right. he want, and like I said earlier, like he wants to drop that bomb on a group of just everyday people that they weren't children of Abraham, but they were of your father, the devil. To try and call them back. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And that's, and that's rough stuff. Like to be able to, I mean, it's kind of like going to extremes, mm -hmm. you know, to just like, okay, we're going there. If we're talking about devil yeah. and the demons, you know, yeah. like, yeah. but I think that he does that 
I think he has a, a lot of purposes that I will never understand fully uh, until Beatitude, but <laughs> when I'm helped to. But um, I think that he does that, number one, to assure us of the reality of those things. Yeah. Right. Um, and I think I, I'm reminded of C.S. Lewis in the Screwtape Letters when he said that the greatest trick the devil ever pulled was convincing people he didn't exist. That's yes. right. And mm-hmm. so I think that when we, when we confront these things in the scriptures, there is this tendency for us to think like, okay, well, those are just stories or that happened a long time yeah. ago which is actually a very new idea yeah that's <laughs> actually that's like us thinking that we're smarter than the scriptures which that's are right. the inspired words of god that's so right. and we're somehow no. smarter than everything before the 17th century yeah. exactly you know? yeah yeah, yeah. And i ended up writing my my thesis on adam you know jesus is the new adam and oh, mary's yeah. new eve but i did uh propose to my professors which they very kindly shot down um <laughs> that i wanted to write on demonology and exorcisms particularly mm-hmm. Um, how the media portrays them and how oh, the media yeah. has convinced us that this is so over sen- you know sensationalized right so much of that we're like oh it's it's made up mm-hmm. you know but the reality is is that a lot of what is shown in the media is real mm-hmm. <laughs> we've become like <laughs> the media convinces us that it's sensationalized <laughs> because they sensationalize it mm-hmm. right but but like mm. but but like does not follow <laughs> you know but like but you know we've become numb to it that it, yeah. it's become this production that right. like oh well, that's just a scary movie, yeah. and you know. Yeah. But in all actuality, this is it is very, very real. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know? absolutely. Uh, and they and very kindly shot that down because I was well, not prepared to go into any yeah, study like lot, that. There's a lot um, there. But yeah. Jesus believed in the reality of sin mm-hmm. yeah. because that was his whole mission to come and eradicate right. yeah. our, our slavery to it. Right. And I think that's the point of, of him bringing those things into relief. Number one, to point out that they actually happen. People are actually possessed by demons. People mm-hmm. do actually wrestle with evil in a very real and tangible way. Right. But I think that, you know, the, the corollary of that into this, this discussion about harshness and or things that seem a little bit odd or cruel is, is to bring that into relief. The, what you were saying, father, mm-hmm. about like he believed in the need for repentance because he yeah. believed in the reality of sin. In fact, he died for it. That's right. Um, that was and, the message, right? Uh, the time of fulfillment is at hand. Repent. Mm-hmm. Believe in the gospel yeah. that I myself will give you. I mean, whenever he's talking to the, to the Samaritan woman about the, the well springing up to eternal life, mm-hmm. I myself am he, the one speaking with you. I am the Messiah. I will give you everything that you need. Exactly, yeah. Mm-hmm. And and he spoke of these things as reality. Yep. He spoke of these things regularly and, and consistently and not as concepts, not as right. metaphors. And even when he healed people, so think about the garrison demoniac. Yep. He healed him, and this, this man had no friends. He wanted to go with Jesus, and Jesus said, no, you need to stay here yeah. and tell your friends. You need to stay here and basically be an evangelist. Yeah. And then the next time he came back, what happened? There were people who were like, okay, do for this blind guy what you did for him. That's right. Because they believed because of what that man witnessed that's to. Right. And so that's what Christ needs. He, he wanted people to understand the mm-hmm. reality of mm-hmm. what was happening previously to this man and the reality of what happened to him afterwards. That's right. The healing that took place. That happened in Samaria too, um, where the woman goes and, and she says, come and listen to this man who told me everything I ever did. And he stays with him for two days in Samaria and the people tell the woman, we no longer believe because of your testimony, but because we have seen for ourselves who this man is. Yeah. 
And yeah. I love that because even that sentiment and when I'm when it's read in, in mass, it seems harsh to me. It's like, oh, well, like they don't give her credit, you know. But <laughs> yeah. it, yeah. but it, she did her job. That's you know, right. she, she got out of the way. She hands off to Jesus. Yeah, right? that's what Mary does. She mm-hmm. hands us to yeah. Jesus, and all of the saints do this, right? They they say, look not at my merits. I have encountered the Lord. I will tell you of the encounter. Now go and see him for yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Oh, there's a paper that could be written, Catherine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, love I am in grad school. <laughs> Do it. Write it down. Um, so another thing that Jesus did, and uh, we see often, is that he personalized bad news for actual people, and he did it in really vibrant ways. So we've talked about this a little bit. Um, in one instance, he likened some folks to weeds, and he said he would send his angels, and they will gather out of his kingdom all kinds of sin and all lawbreakers and throw them into the fiery furnace mm-hmm. where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Indeed. That's familiar phrasing. Um, and he also explains how the final judgment will work. So Matthew 25, uh, one group, those who do his will, um, uh, will be welcomed into his kingdom. To the other, he will say, depart from me, you cursed, into the eternal fire, prepared for the devil and his angels. He doesn't mince words there. He does not mince words. And again, it seems like you kind of want to be like, okay, like chill. It's it's gonna be all right. right. We thought you, know? you were super chill, right? Yeah. yeah. But what I love about this, and especially this this part from Matthew twenty five, um, depart from me, you cursed into the eternal fire, prepared for the devil and his angels. This is not his will for us, right? Yeah. This yeah. is prepared for the devil and his angels, hell right. and wailing and gnashing of teeth. Right. This is what they chose. This is right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. And so when he when he presents that before us, like. This is this is our reality. Yeah. It's it's again, it's to to shock us, to yeah. to make us realize like, wow, I'm in a bad way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I've been sinful. I've been I, I've strayed from who Christ is as as mm-hmm. a full person. Um, and I've strayed from living a life in accord with him. I strayed from the sacraments, whatever it is. It's to to shock us into thinking and into believing that like something has to change. Yep. Because that's the point. He's not trying to be cruel just to be cruel because if he was, he wouldn't be Jesus. Sure. <laughs> He's trying to to bring us to draw us to himself and sometimes it takes shaking us from the things that hold us you know sometimes you have to shake someone in order to get them to loosen their grip on something sinful or something that's terrible for them um and he's also not shy about telling us that he can be a harsh judge he's not shy about the part of himself that's that's justice you know so we talk about god's justice and his mercy but they're a a dual concept that's both and you know um he came into the world to judge and he's eager he says he's eager Mm-hmm. to cast fire upon the earth. That's right. Um, and, it's and how I wish it were already, already blazing. Burning, yeah. Says, yes, exactly. Yeah. And, and it's not just, you know, the Pharisees, these hypocritical religious leaders that, that it was, he was saying this yes. to, it's not just them. We can't, no. we can't convince ourselves like, Oh, well, I'm all right. I'm not like them. Well, mm-hmm. we kind of are, we all are, we all have the elements of that. Um, right. and he warned us that if we don't repent, then that's the future that awaits us. Right. Not because, He's going to do it to us, but because we chose it for ourselves. That's right. And he's, and he's eager for all of these things to come about so that we can finally be drawn to him, mm-hmm. that we can be with him. Mm-hmm. That's why he's ready for judgment, for the final judgment. Mm-hmm. It's because everything that his entire uh, is, is, <laughs> is desiring communion with us. And yeah. right now we're in the in-between. Mm-hmm. And he, he desires so much for us to be in full, absolute communion with him. Absolutely. Of course, that's why he gives us the church, isn't it? Right, exactly. So that we can be as close to full communion with him right now while we are awaiting mm-hmm. that uh, that blazing. Yeah, and he's not afraid to, like a good father, like Kathleen was saying, to to 
presents that reality in front of us, that it's going to be both. And we see that in Revelation. We see the lamb standing as though slain, but we also see Jesus just fierce as a lion, his eyes like fire. Mm -hmm. Uh, And it's both of those realities because like Father Chris was saying, like it's, he draws us to himself. He wants us for himself, but he realizes that judgment is also a part of that. Mm -hmm. And that's a judgment that we cannot escape um, because we are sinful. Um, Mm -hmm. And there's also a part of this that, um, that becomes like the way that we live and the fact that like, okay, well, Jesus, he's, he's saying that, that he will be hated, that he was persecuted, um, and he's ultimately killed for the sake of the repentance of, of the entire world. And if we follow him, that's, that's what waits for us too, that we will be hated by the nations just yeah. as he is hated because of that judgment. Mm-hmm. And so it's a reality of being a Christian. It's a reality of being uh, a Catholic Christian that this is, this is what awaits us. Not, right. we don't want to get morbid and think like, okay, well, I'm Catholic, so everyone's got to hate me. And if anyone likes me, I'm not doing my job. No, no, because if we become like hell and brimstone and fire kind of people, then that's not attractive no. to the gospel. Right. Um, we work with people, right? We, we always want to, to love people, but we want to love them in truth. And that's, that's right. where you have that, that the mercy and justice playing together. You have charity and truth always playing together. And that's how you have the whole person of that's Christ. Right. That's how we become witnesses to the whole person of Christ. And that's that's actually how we live life abundantly, and that's how the joy of the Spirit is born in us, huh? Mm-hmm. Is is by by acting faith, hope, and love, by acting upon those virtues, and in so doing, the Lord is able to shine through us, mm-hmm. rather than us trying to, to kind of hunch along on on our own merits. Yeah, uh, we we can't do it, and and that is where I think we, we're looking whenever we say, you know, I want I want a life that has purpose and has meaning, brothers and sisters. This is it. Yeah. This is the way that we find purpose and meaning in our life is by is by going to the Lord who is waiting by the side of that pool, mm-hmm. <laughs> waiting yeah. at the well for us yeah. by the Lord who is waiting to convict our hearts. And that may involve him saying, your heart is tarnished, mm-hmm. but I will be the means by which it will be cleansed. Yeah. And that those are those are both the sides of our Lord who is, as we said in previous episodes, like looking at a precious jewel. Mm-hmm. And so it's so important too, yeah, the, to see that. The real question yeah. is. What are you waiting for? That's right. Mm-hmm. That is. That's the question. Huh? Mm-hmm. These 40 days, mm-hmm. perhaps you can come to uh, some form of a resolution by the beginning of Holy Week, by the beginning of the Triduum, and yeah. turn yourself back to the Lord. If this is the first time you're hearing that, well, we hope it shakes you up. But you yeah. know what else shakes us up? The CU Pick of the Week, which actually I'll... The CU Pick of the Week. <laughs> right. Yeah. There it is. Sorry. Right, yeah. Nicely Messed done. up that segue, but it's all right. Oh, it's in stereo. That was great. That's right. No, I, <laughs> I, I do my best to mess up on the show as often as possible. It reminds me of how human I am. Uh, let's go to Kathleen, a human, uh, ah, for yes. her pick of the week. I am a, a resident mere, human. A mere human being. <laughs> Um, yes. Okay. So um, I follow this band uh, called Rend Collective. R E N D. Yeah. Space. Rend. Collective. Um, like rend your garments. Um, and they are, they are a group out of Ireland. And a couple years ago, I went on the March for Life, and they have this big concert. And I went to the concert, and and I think maybe Matt Mars playing. I don't know. But this band, Rend Collective, opened up for him. I was like, what is this? I've never heard of these people. And then they came out, and I was like. What? And think of a leprechaun, like just going crazy, praising Jesus. This oh. is what it is. It's 
phenomenal. Um, they are very, very energetic. Uh, they have some great, great uh, previous albums, but they just came out with a new album called Good News, and they're actually touring in the United States right now. They're not coming to Louisiana, but they are coming pretty close. So uh, check them out. Um, their their new stuff is is um, a little bit more mellow, uh-huh. but uh, I but like mellow. Very, very powerful. Um, you know, they're a Christian band. They're not Catholic mm-hmm. yet. yet. Mm-hmm. Um, Actually, if they're but, Irish, uh, I don't think they. Are. I'm pretty sure they're not. But uh, but they're a super fun show to go see. In fact, I took a friend of mine. Uh, he had missed the March for Life. My friend Eric um, that year, and he missed Ren Collective. And I took him to see the Ren Collective open for Chris Tomlin. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so we went to see Ren Collective, and it was. I mean, they put on a great show. It's one of those, one of the one of the few worship. Mm-hmm bands whatever um that i go to see their concert and i enter into worship with wow, usually yeah. i'm like okay the early <laughs> days of show. the early days of jars of clay was like that yeah so ring collective they also put out some really cool videos um they're fun to follow on on social media ring collective their new album good news <laughs> even among the leprechauns every knee must bow yes that is so, true this is uh, very true oh olivia what have you for us i ha- i can't do an irish accent i was gonna try <laughs> what um, have you for us olivia sorry to all of you in ireland <laughs> yeah we deeply apologize yeah. um so for our retreat this weekend i had to make a last minute stop at a big box store because i realized we needed a bluetooth speaker mm. just to invest in for our office and we needed it for our retreat yep um just for like various things and so i went into this big box store and i had not been able to do any research on what would be a good bluetooth speaker and i picked this one based on just like <laughs> pressing random. well like they had a little setup where you could oh, press, you press the button, button and yeah. listen to oh, yeah. to the sound quality and so i was just kind of going by instinct and so i ended up with this one um the jbl flip three it's a splash proof portable bluetooth nice. speaker it's about maybe like seven eight inches long it's about a it, it looks like a, it looks like a, a beer can actually uh, yeah. it does like a tall beer can. i was thinking sure. like small burrito but yeah or maybe like the new <laughs> actually it looks like a small burrito or those those new diet coke cans it's the oh slimmer, yeah like tall and skinny yeah yeah, yeah. yeah yeah um so it's super portable it's really light but the build quality is nice it feels nice in your hand mm-hmm. and the sound quality is really really good you've got jeff's attention um, yeah and the best part is i got it at this big box store that I'm trying not to say, but it rhymes with hull tart. Um, (laughs) When you find tarts in the hall, best to just leave them there. Yep. Fruit tarts, of course. Um, But I got there for $55, um, which is actually about $20 cheaper than you can find it on Amazon. Not not too shabby. Yeah, so I I really recommend this. It holds a charge pretty well, and the sound quality, like I said, is really, really good. Very cool. Uh, Jeff, you have a similar uh, pick of the week. You want to talk speakers? I got a speaker. I mean, you know, <laughs> nice. <laughs> actually, uh, yes, um, you do, Jeff. Uh, uh, the, these came out less than a year ago, and I kind of been holding off to see how they uh, they work. But the QSC K12.2, yep. uh, these are incredible. Now they they list for like eight hundred dollars. They're can pricey, fi- so you got to be in the market for them. Yeah, you can you can find them for about six fifty. So if, if your church was looking for uh, like a new front of house system or something. Yeah. I'm telling you, these things are remarkable, and the way they're designed, the uh, the uh, electronics. 
four different spaces. Uh, in fact, we put uh, six of these in a gymnasium. Oh, wow. And you would think how reverberant a gymnasium is. Yeah. But the clarity, the intelligibility is just remarkable because the throw on these speakers is just outstanding. Uh, they, it comes with factory presets. It's got a panel on the back. You can plug in uh, two uh, inputs, whether XLR or microphone. Uh, it's got a, a, a three and a half millimeter um, input for you know for a uh, like a phone or wow. a computer yeah. uh, if you wanted to. And uh, 75 degree dispersion, meaning the coverage is really good. It's fairly tight, no matter if you you mount them horizontally or vertically. Mm -hmm. uh, Two thousand watts of power. Wow. And if you register your, your purchase online, you get a six-year warranty. That's So it's really an incredible power-packed speaker for somebody who – and you can use it as a floor monitor. Yeah. Or, or it's, it's, it's a nice-looking speaker. It's not real huh. big and heavy. It's about 40 pounds. So uh, Save my pennies. Fly points. I mean, it's great. Uh, so what's your pick of the week, Father? My pick of the week is something I probably pick every year around this time. Mm -hmm. But it's worth saying and saying again. Pope Benedict XVI did spiritual reflections for the Lenten season in a, in a book that's compiled. It's called Journey to Easter. You notice I've got uh, all manner of bookmarks in it because mm -hmm. it, it um, quite literally takes you um, through, uh, through Lent all the way to Easter, starting with the first Sunday of Lent, uh, the different cycles of the church year, and then all the way through uh, the second Sunday of Lent, and then third and fourth, right? And then it takes you to the mystery of Jesus Christ, the church, and the priesthood. And so it prepares you for for Easter. Mm -hmm. So um, uh, it's available on, you know, wherever books are sold. <laughs> Journey to Easter by Pope Benedict XVI. Um, uh, there's a quote on the front that says, In putting aside all preoccupations, we encounter our Creator. So it's mm -hmm. like a little mini Lenten retreat right like there for it. you. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Is it, it is. a pretty easy read? Because I know it's you can a get fairly, a little scholarly sometimes. Yeah, well, the, the Pope uh, Pope Benedict definitely is a scholar, right? Oh yeah. And yeah. so um, and so he he does uh, he does go into the into the scripture. He gets into the biblical oh, stuff, okay. you know, and and kind of plays around with some of the concepts and things like that. But uh, but there is this very readable quality that he has, and they're just basic meditations that he's done. So uh, Journey to Easter is my pick of the week. And Jeff, uh, you know, we're always grateful for those who are our benefactors, those who pray for us, and those who donate to us. Yes, this week Catholic Underground is possible because of people like you. Join the growing number of undergrounders at catholicundergroundcom donate. And portions of the Catholic Underground are brought to you by audibletrial.com slash catholicunderground. That's audibletrial.com slash catholicunderground. That's More right. info at catholicunderground.tv. Father! That is correct. <laughs> and if uh, at the middle of the show we talked about our show notes, if you want the show notes for this episode, if you want to subscribe to our podcast audio, you can go to catholicunderground.com to do that. Um, and certainly that's the best way to do it. It's where to find all of our information. Uh, yeah. So our panelists, you remember them because, well, you've just been listening to them. <laughs> Kathleen Lee, she's the benefactress. Uh, yeah, she's the hope samurai, the unpaid docent of the Catholic Underground. Thanks, Kathleen. <laughs> Anytime. That's right. Uh, Olivia Galino is at OM Galino on Instagram. Uh, yeah. Yes, uh, that's yeah. correct. Are you I on Instagram, that. Kathleen? Yes, Kaylee626, I think. Is. Okay, yeah, Kaylee626. Mm -hmm. I'm going to add that in. Uh, Jeff Blackwell is our technical director. Uh, Jeff, uh, thank you. Oh, it's an honor, a privilege, yeah, Father. You're at Jeff Blackwellis on Twitter. Absolutely. All right. Our research assistant, leader of the crew in the lab is Jim Hayes. Our video director for this episode has been Ed Ball. And believe it or not, by now, you know me, right? Uh, <laughs> I'm your neighborhood-friendly Catholic priest, Father Chris Decker. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Digital Catholic. And we hope that we've helped you cut through the noise and find that still small voice 
We are the Catholic Underground. We journey through Lent with you. We are Faith Gone Digital. We'll see you next time.